0: Today on the Root Cause Medicine Podcast.
1: Many of us understand vitamin E as an antioxidant good for your skin. All those are true, but probably many people do not know alpha tocopherol, which is known as a vitamin E, became a vitamin, not for any of those reasons. It became a vitamin, and the letter was E at the time, was because this particular chemical, vitamin, is able to bring a fetus to full term. So actually, I think of vitamin E as a burst vitamin like that. But of course, it is a very powerful antioxidant. It protects the fetus during the fantastic growth of the fetus before it comes out as a baby.
0: Hello, hello. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Jones. And today I'm talking with Dr. Barry Tan, who is the world's foremost expert on vitamin E. He knocked my socks off with the various pearls he was dropping that will have you pulling out your vitamins and reading labels to make sure you're taking the right form of vitamin E. Did you know that only a certain form of vitamin E is also a really potent antioxidant and good for so many things, including reducing cardiometabolic risk? Listen up, because you're gonna likely take a lot of notes. Before we get started though, I wanna talk to you about something that comes up pretty often on this podcast, And that, of course, is lab testing. You see, testing is one essential way to understand the root cause of an illness. If you are an integrative or functional medicine practitioner, chances are you're placing a ton of orders with a ton of different labs. The Root Cause Medicine Podcast is created by Rupa Health. Rupa is the best way to order, manage, and track results from over 30 different labs in one single place for free thank goodness. No need to create and log into multiple portals ever again. If you are a practitioner, make sure you go sign up at rubahealth.com to create a free account today. Now, let's start the show. Dr. Barry Tan, welcome to the Root Cause Medicine podcast. I have been dying to have you on the show, so I'm really glad to talk to you today.
1: Thank you. And I'm glad to be on and to reach out and speak to many of your good followers and listen to many of your podcasts.
0: Well, for people who don't know, he is the world's leading expert on vitamin E. And you might think to yourself, vitamin E, what do I need to know about vitamin E? That's in my multivitamin or I heard it's good for scanner hair. What do you do with vitamin E? And I thought, oh, Dr. Tan is really just going to educate us because I have been following you as I said off camera, off and on for the last couple of years, people just don't understand the the breadth and depth of vitamin E, but specific type of vitamin E. So we are going to dive in so they can get educated and know how to use it and what to use with their vitamin E properly.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Vitamin E was discovered by two scientists, pediatrician at UC Berkeley almost exactly a 100 years ago. Many of us, like you said, understand vitamin E as an antioxidant good for your skin. All those are true, but probably many people do not know alpha-tocopherol, which is known as a vitamin E, became a vitamin, not for any of those reasons. It became a vitamin, and the letter was E at the time, was because this particular uh, chemical vitamin is able to bring a fetus to full term. That is So actually, I think of vitamin E as a birth vitamin like that. But of course, it is a very powerful antioxidant. It protects the fetus during the fantastic growth of the fetus before it comes out as a baby. And so there need to be a lot of oxidative protection during that period. But it's known really as a birth. And actually, it's because of it able to bring the fetus to full term. Then it got the status of a vitamin. Most people today didn't know that but know about the antioxidant piece. So that part, make it rocket to super sodom probably in the first 50 years, like from 1922 to 1970 or 80. And there are lots and lots of study done on those. And then came the 1990s, there was a big, big study at Harvard and the VA school. A lot of health professional was involved. And then there were like 20,000 to 30,000, 40,000 people, huge study like that. And when the study came through, it failed. So at worst, It failed because it didn't do anything. At best, it didn't do anything. At worst, it may cause women to have breast cancer and men to have prostate cancer like that. Then people start to put the brakes on, say, wait a minute, what is this vitamin E? And then they found out, first, the vitamin E that they used to study this was alpha-tocopherol, the most common one. And they used synthetic alpha-tocopherol, which is kind of like a counterfeit E to begin with like that. So with that, the last, from two, 1995 to 2010, almost a 15-year, is kind of like in a zombie land, a dead zone. Nobody wanted to talk about vitamin E anymore. And during this time, and course these things are always seasonal, other things come on, you hear a lot about vitamin D, the sunshine vitamin. These are all lipid-soluble. And then more recently, vitamin K, good for your bone health like that. So I persisted on doing this period, thinking that I hope it wouldn't be the baby thrown out with the bath water because of this vitamin E. I persisted because the vitamin E carry that I've been studying is tocotrienol, the lesser known vitamin E. I started this in the early 1980s and never changed. It's less common. The common one is tocopherol, but the less common one, tocotrienol, you know, which I did. I did it on studying on chronic condition. We tested many things. And then we did it on cancer study, many, many different cancers like that. And then I stumbled one time. The year was 1994. It was a famous Professor Johanna Seiden, And she figured out on the back of the retina of the eye is flanked with lutein and zeaxanthin. It filters the blue light and that's what we know today. Everybody knows if you take lutein and zeaxanthin, it's good to prevent macular degeneration, filter blue light. So for that we now do in nineteen ninety four people didn't know this. So I knew if I have gone to South America, that giant marigold. See, I'm holding a younger me, which <laughs> have a lot of like that see? So you can see the marigold is huge. So I went there to look for this, taking a break from Toko Toyo study, and fate has it. Literally 30 feet away from me, I found this plant. I'll show you the picture so that you know it is from a younger me. I held a picture of the plant, and then a younger me. The plant is beautiful looking. It's called Anato. Anato. I'll give you a closer look of it. It looked like this.
0: See that? So beautiful.
1: See? It's so beautiful. If you touch it, it will stain it. And the British call it the nicknaming, the lipstick plant. Uh, the spelling anatto is A N N A T T O. We use it for coloring cheeses, this and that. So it's in South America. And then I thought, wow this color is the carotene like lutein and zeaxanthin then i said but i know that lutein and zeaxanthin are very unstable so but usually they are bound like in the cytoplasm like beta carotene in carrot lycopene in tomato if you cook them they leach out otherwise they stay in the cell so they're protected however on this thing here is not protected notice that if i touch it it stains me then i realized Oh, this thing is not inside anything. So that if there's any sunshine on it, it would just cause it to degrade and nobody would want it. Then I was guessing. I really was guessing, Carrie. I was thinking it must be a very powerful antioxidant that protected. I was expecting it to be a polyphenol. For I wasn't thinking of vitamin E polyphenol because they are like 20, 30,000 polyphenol. And then when I looked, It was not a polyphenol. It was vitamin E1. And then I found out, okay, that's a little surprise. Then I looked further and I said, oh, it didn't contain any tocopherol, which is the common vitamin E that protect it. Then I said, oh, it contained tocotrienol. So the more and more surprising. And the most surprising part is it is a tocotrienol free of tocopherol. So it's almost completely tocotrieno. Why do I make a point to say completely tocotrienol? Prior to this, I had learned that besides tocotrienol being the most potent, If a tocopherol is present with the tocotrienol, the tocopherol interferes with the function of tocotrienol. Now, when I say this, right, it's kind of like against the grain, Dr. Carey, because most people in a consumer world, and I'm not against them. We usually think that if you have a single compound that works, it is in allopathic medicine. One compound work on one disease like that. And we are part of the holistic movement. So if you eat things from plant, usually you have several compounds and all of them mix sense together as a composite material. I don't have a problem with that. However, for the consumer and the practitioner, remember this. If you accept in life that a composite of different things is synergistic, you must also consider the possibility of antagonism. So if they synergism, but luckily, most of the time, things are not antagonistic. They are synergistic. This is one of the rare exceptions. I really did not expect that. I found out, I just thought that, well, alpha-tocopherol, present with tocotri- you know, they're all vitamin E. They should be good. And if it didn't bother anything, then it's innocuous. I found out that it was, the alpha tocopherol was not innocuous. It actually interferes with the function of tocotrienol. And this is how I explain this, that the, we study colon cancer, many, uh, lowering cholesterol, other, but the colon cancer. So the professor who did the work, say if you use this much, this much of tocotrienol, and it would lower the cancer all the way down. And then in the next study, he used the same cancer, and he used the same amount of tocotrienol, now he purposely add back 25% tocopherol. It's an add back. And when he did, the amount of cancer did not kill all the way. Some of the cancer cells survive. And then when he add more tocopherol back, more survive. And when he get to like about 50% alpha-tocopherol compared, the tocotrienol stay the same. He add 50% back, none of the cancer died. Then I said, oh my God, this tocopherol is actually blocking the function of tocopherol, So therefore, after that, and all our study after that, when we do clinical trials, we make sure that the patients are not taking tocopherol uh, like that. And then for other people, I don't really find a reason why people should be supplementing with alpha tocopherol with a lone exception. And the lone exception would be In an expectant mom, in prenatal, remember, it's a birth, a vitamin like that. Then in the prenatal, you want alpha-tocopherol, but after the baby is born, which means that for most part of her life, for the entire life of men, because they don't carry baby like that. So therefore, alpha-tocopherol is adequate. When we eat fruits and vegetable and vegetable oil, but not need to be supplemented. That is the reason why I think in the 1990, all the alpha tocopherol clinical trials in the huge clinical trials failed because the alpha tocopherol didn't work. So I'm just really fortunate. Dr. Carey, I persisted with this vitamin E. It's kind of like this is not only my baby. If I die with it, I die trying. So I'm very passionate about this. But lucky for me, somebody up there is looking down at me. I persisted on doing this. And now I see huge amount of benefit to people with Tocotrixol.
0: Which is amazing. And that, first of all, that you discovered this in the Anato in the plant. But also, you know, everyone listening right now has their multivitamin pulled up in front of them, and it's going to say a variety of things around vitamin E. It might say the alpha tocopherol. It might say mixed tocopherols, or it'll be a combination of tocopherols and tocotrienols when they're looking in the vitamin E section. Can you, Before we get into all the benefits of tocotrienol, which is really what I think a lot of people want to hear about, it's the mixed tocopherols that I want to touch on, or like you'll see next to vitamin E, just anything with the word mixed and what you've seen with that or why you, again, advocate for tocotrienol completely.
1: Mixed tocopherol is good because from a plant, when the plants themselves make vitamin E, they oftentimes mix tocopherol. And the dominant tocopherol that they make is gamma tocopherol, and admittedly, gamma tocophil protect the vegetable oil from going rancid and bad. And most vitamin E are found in vegetable oil, soy oil, corn oil, and many other vegetable oil like that. Alpha tocophra was kind of like a sore thumb sticking out because it was known as the vitamin E to begin with. And then they had this fetal preventing making the fetus to go to full term like that. And so people Accentuate that, but actually, alpha tocopherol is not a very strong antioxidant as gamma tocopherol, and the plant don't make a lot of alpha tocopherol. So I don't know. Somewhere we got into our head and could want to consume a lot. I think that mostly it was a marketing plan. I know you didn't ask this, but I want to let you know, alpha. If you have ten milligram of alpha tocopherol, you can say ten IU of alpha tocopherol like that. If you have 10 milligram of gamma tocopherol, we're supposed to do what you want it to do, is only one IU. So therefore, very quickly, the, the industry will know that, oh, just give them alpha tocopherol. The claim of the IU is big enough that now you fast forward today, the FDA now no longer allows vitamin E to be given IU because the original idea of the IU thing is to help to support the fetus to full term. But then, see the whole thing is already lost in translation. If I were to be a man taking 400 IU of vitamin E, then the idea is that I'm taking 400 IU to help me to help my fetus to go to full term. The whole thing is a joke and a fast anyway. So now the FDA doesn't allow that. So if you say you add tocopherol or tocotrino, you must put milligram. The IU is a translated meaning for this prevention of the fetus not going to full term, like that to have the baby to full term. So. I think that was the reason. So, however, now that you ask the mixed tocopherol, that's good. So if people have mixed tocopherol and tocotrienol, that's good. Mixed tocopherol will have a small amount of alpha tocopherol. That's fine. The small amount does not interfere. Many audience would ask, just in case you may not ask me towards the end. oh, Dr. Tan, if you say all this thing is true, so what food should I avoid? so that they have avoid the alpha-tocopherol, would that matter? It doesn't matter. If you take your normal food with vegetable and cooking oil, you probably will get up to, but no more than 10 milligram of alpha-tocopherol. And say, if you say for argument's sake, if you take 100 milligram of tocotrienol, so 10 to 100, approximate to 10%. So 10% of alpha-tocopherol to the total vitamin E of tocotrienol, then that would not interfere. Interference would come when the alpha-tocopherol is about 20% or more. That means you have 20. And it is nearly impossible to get 20 milligram alpha tocophera from food. You will almost have to consume shocking amount like 3,000 to 4,000 calorie a day. Unless I'm a sumo wrestler, I won't be consuming three to 4,000 calorie a day. That would be insane. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's such the truth too. That's really good to know. I know people would ask that when it comes to food and diet. But I do want to, of course, get into all the benefits. You mentioned 20 to 25 clinical trials with tocotrienols and the amazing success and the results that you're having. So as a broad umbrella, what are you seeing by having people switch and do just the tocotrienols?
1: Yeah, we initially Have mined this from a lot, maybe hundreds and hundreds of animal studies. And from the animal studies, it looked like the benefit are generally in mitigating chronic conditions. So now I have to explain what's as an example. So the chronic conditions that they have studied in animal osteopenia that lead to osteoporosis, which would be more exemplary of a postmenopausal women, or metabolic syndrome, and then they'll shape more like an apple. Hey, shaping like a pear is not congratulatory, but shaping like an apple is dangerous because it's central obesity like that. And then also people with pre-diabetes, we study that also, and also with diabetes. And finally, they also study fatty liver disease. So that is that chronic disease cluster. The other one we have of the 2025 study, we have about five, six of them. They are cancer. Now, we did the study. We cannot say it in the bottle, the FDA will come after us, but we decided to do it. Why do we do that, Dr. Carey? We did that because if, at a time, Half of all the published animal study showed that tocotrienol kill the cancer cell, bring about apoptosis and reduce the tumor size. Then I thought, my goodness, if it does it like a drug and it's got no side effects, I got to do something about it. So, and then, but then I did not have the financial means to do that. My, I have a small company trying to do this. And you know, sometimes if we have a good heart, the star lineup voice. Not everything that I do is all my I'm not that kind. I'm just trying to make a living, hoping to deliver health to other people. And you know how this came about? There was a famous oncologist in Denmark. In the kingdom, Denmark is a very well-known and it's a small country, but very well-to-do country. They have social welfare, take care of all the patients. I remember when I met the chief oncologist, he told me that I'm not making a political statement, just a statement. He said that. What you have in the Obamacare and President Obama had, we already had that and much better 50 years before President Obama had it. 50 years before. But of course, Denmark is a small country and very, very wealthy. They take care of all their populace from the day they were born until they died. This is total health care like that. So he saw the data I sent to him on animal study. And then six months later, I thought that this is a, going to be a radio silence. It's not going to come back because many times I share this with people, nothing come back. He came back. And then <laughs> when he came back. And then you know what he said? He said, Dr. Tan, I am going to do five to six clinical trials. All of these are for five to six clinical trials. Uh, like that. And I nearly fell off my chair. I remember saying like that. Well, Professor Jacobson, I don't think I have the financial means to even pay for half of one clinical trial, never mind five. And then in a kind of like a European thing, not as effervescent as American way, said that, you know, well, Dr. Tan, did I ask you for funding? Doesn't you, did, you didn't you did ask me for funding. He actually had the Kingdom of Denmark to pay for the study like that. So the study is the foot. Now, that was about seven, eight years ago. So... In those study, he studied mostly women-type cancer, ovarian cancer, breast cancer, and then the one that both men and women are colon cancer and lung cancer, a significant number of the population smoke, and then colon cancer. So those are also quite common cancer in our country like that. So I'll say that piece first. Then I go back to the chronic condition piece. Right now, all of them are still ongoing, slow down because of the COVID pandemic, and then Pandemic time, but the ovarian cancer has finished. Ovarian cancer, they study stage four cancer patient. It's pretty kind of like a sobering. They study stage four, which means that there are no more options available. You cannot operate. You cannot irradiate. They will be no more faster if you were to do that. So you can only give them a chemo to prevent the cancer from going bigger, the tumor from going. So the path they do it anti-angiogenesis. That means that when the tumor is big, the new blood vessel coming to feed the tumor. So it's a growth of new blood vessel. And they found that in the animal study, the TOCO try not cut the feeding tube to the tumor like that. Basically, if you are wired as a dinosaur, you got to eat huge amount. So if you cut the feeding tube, then the dinosaur is the first to go. You know, when in the Yucatan, uh, the meteorite strike and then dinosaur were gone. Notice that uh, the amoeba, they didn't die. They were in the ground because they consume so little like that. And pretty much this is the same. So they did that. So on one group of the stage four cancer, ovarian cancer patient, they took Avastin. It's anti-angiogenic drug. And the other group, they took Avastin and tocotrienol. We are not allowed to have a group just Avastin and just tocotrienol because we cannot assure or ethically allowed if they don't take Avastin, is better. So they have to have that. So therefore, the only thing, Avastin and Avastin and tocotrienol. Would you believe it? After six months, in the one that is in Avastin, they, nobody was around. So like that. So it's very sobering, like that. And they already have it in the record. In the one that took toco trienol, sixty percent still living. That is not a nothing on stage four cancer patient.
0: Ovarian cancer. That that.
1: Yeah. And then stage four. This is a very final stage. And then there was some interesting part. The doctor had to stop the study. There were some men and women doctor, but in Denmark. The nurse have a lot of power, and most of the nurses are women. And then now the ovarian cancer, they say, no, the women are helped by this. We want the study to continue. So the physician, they're both men and women, they said, well, we don't know what to compare with because the Abastin group is no more. So we don't know what to compare, but they insisted. So the study went on four times longer, not six months until 24 months. And even after 24 months, 25% still living. Well, now you do the math. I think that it did something, and then the study stopped like that. So. If towards the end we don't have time, the audience, you can download my book free of charge later like that. I wrote it all. Whatever I say, I wrote it all. It was written two years ago. Whatever we published in the last two years is not in there. So I just thought that I'd do that at the beginning now. You can download the book. You type my name, barrytan.com forward dash dot book, and then you can download. Or if you see me someday in a talk, in a convention, like in A4M or something, you can pin me down. I can give you a hard copy. If many people ask you, I'll be happy to send you a couple of dozen and then you can give them. If people want a hard copy, otherwise people just mostly want to read, they can download that. So that's found in
0: that. com for people who are listening. com. We'll have the link in the show notes because this is thank you so fascinating. And I know people <laughs> are going to be like, well, what about the other cancers and what's the yeah. doses and what did it do to
1: Now, on the chronic, I can come back to the cancer question as you develop question. On the chronic condition side, we first did it on people with hypercholesterolemia. They're otherwise healthy, like that. And then the cholesterol not way too high, like that. And we noticed that the C-reactive protein drop because they were 60, 65, somewhat entering the elderly age. We said, okay, this may help them in the anti-aging process. So this is all clinical study. We already mined this from the animal study. Then we have it with moderate hypercholesterolemia. And I asked the professor that half the people that have cardiac problem have high lipids. The other half have high inflammation. So I begged him, can you please also study, look at inflammation? This is about 15 years ago. And he did. So, and then he gave people... 125 milligram. He did dose escalation, Doctor Carey. 125 milligram, 250, 500, and 750. So escalate like that, and pretty much in the 125, 250, the lipid dropped out the best. And then in the inflammation part, at 250 and 500, it dropped the best. So therefore, overlap at 250, and then therefore. If a patient, if a subject is looking to mitigate their lipid profile, 125 to 250 or roughly 150, 300 would be fine. If a person is looking to mitigate their chronic condition of inflammation, there are people who have problems like lupus, rheumatoid arthritis, its kind of obviously cannot hold their hand together, or just have a very stressful lifestyle, the C-reactive protein is going to be rocket high. So if they take 250 to 400 milligrams, that will mitigate. So that was from that study about 10 years ago or so. And then after that, we decided to zone in on the metabolic syndrome cluster. We work on pre-diabetes patient. So all of this, I know you know. So the the sugar is moderately high, but not high enough to be diabetic, and the triglyceride is high like that. So we did that, and again we also look at uh, some of this lipid that drop, and the sugar also moderately drop. Then the uh, physician decided to study. Type 2 diabetes. So in the studying of type 2 diabetes, I ask the question. So we are involved, even though I'm not a physician, I'm not a practitioner, I read. So I ask them to be a little bit more defining and precise in what they study. In people with type 2 diabetes, their insulin is resistant they're producing insulin is not functional, they're dysfunctional. So I asked them that when you gave them the tocotrienol, can you please measure the insulin sensitivity to see if the sensitivity of the insulin is improved. At the same time, also measure the sugar. The glucose is kind of emotional number. When you eat, then the sugar goes up. But the insulin sensitivity is more lasting. We, of course, also study A1C, which marks it over three months. We did an overkill with all the (laughs) studies, not just one or two numbers. And when we did, it clearly helped people to improve the HOMA IR, which is a measurement of the sugar and the insulin sensitivity. And together, there's a better mapping than just the sugar like that. So we did that. So if it is, perhaps the person can talk to the doctor to reduce the amount of insulin they need or all, all this kind of wonderful stuff. So we found that true before I talk about the fatty liver I met the original professor from Stanford he has since retired and passed away professor Gerald Reaven. Professor Reaven was the one that came up with syndrome X. When X is unknown, and then when they discover it become metabolic syndrome, I remember he was getting an award in American Diabetes Association, and I'm a short Asian guy. I cannot go and find my way into him question. And by the time all the people ask, the guy's about to exit because he's trying to catch a flight back to Palo Alto, like that. So I would kind of sneak in. As we're exiting, I kind of like caught him in the door. You can see he's a little bit, not happy that I stop him. So I just said, him, can you just explain to me simplistically? This is about 1997, 98. It was quite a long time ago like that. And he just gave me one line I never forgot. And then he walked away. And then I'll tell you what he said. And then I explained that. And if the audience got this, it doesn't matter if you are a practitioner or consumer. It will bless you if you know this. Because this metabolic syndrome sometimes is a little bit kind of high fluidy, and people cannot put their hand around. And I don't want to make myself so like, oh, he's so knowledgeable. I don't care. I only care that people know because it's important to their life. And Professor Ribbon said this, hypertriglyceridemia always precedes hyperglycemia. And then he left. If I were to say simplistically, people will have high triglyceride first, before the floodgate burst, and then they have high sugar. So therefore, if you were to go to see your physician, your triglyceride number is in your lipid profile if your triglyceride number is above 150, not so good. If it is less than 150, good. If it is 100 or slightly less, even better. So therefore, you have a measurement before you even look at your sugar. Because he said hypertriglyceridemia always precedes hyperglycemia. That was the root. Here it is. I'm doing your thing. This is the root cause for the understanding of metabolic syndrome. So I'm so thrilled. So let me get to the last part there, right? After we did all this study, about five, six years ago, I decided to do something. It was a little bit nuts on my side. For the physician and practitioner, they understand how to manage metabolic syndrome. But for the consumer, metabolic syndrome is not not like a name of an organ. I got heart disease, I got lung disease, and I got ovarian cancer. None of those are good. Oh, breast cancer, prostate cancer. See, it's naming after an organ, but metabolic syndrome is just a cluster of all kinds. But then I decided that one of the major manifestations of metabolic syndrome is the organ, the liver. And people who have metabolic syndrome tend to have very high incidence of fatty liver disease. And if you Google, it's called NAFLD, non-alcohol fatty liver disease. It's terrible. Now we have 90 million Americans have it. So we decided to zone in on this study. We first did a three-month study, and then a six-month study, and a 12-month study. Would you believe this? So if I didn't own my tiny company or work for a company, I probably would have already got fired. But I'm glad that I did this. And now I got positive news to bear out for the audience. And if you hear this... It would be insane after you hear what I have to say, you would not seriously consider taking toco tocotrienol. Were you to have metabolic syndrome and were you to have fatty liver? So what is my finding? First we did, remember this is over five, six years. It's a long time and we just finished all of them. So in a three month study, we, as it's a control study, placebo control, the whole works and then like that. So we have ultrasound scan, so we measure liver enzymes. The liver enzymes are elevated. Then of course we measure the sugar and the lipid. So we mostly saw the little bit of the sugar drop, the lipids drop, and then interestingly, the liver enzyme drop. The liver enzyme, the ALT ASC, they are stress enzyme the liver produced. When under stress basically the fat is stressing the liver and the it's telling you I'm stressed. So they release this enzyme. So we saw that drop interesting about uh 10-15% So the paper was published. So now we designed a six-month study. So in the six-month study, I asked the professor, now can you please measure statosis, which means the actual fat in the liver. So they have ultrasound. So they did everything else they did in the three months. They continued to do that. And then I said, oh, can you also do insulin sensitivity and also glucose? So they have HOMA, IR. They did all of those. They found out it positively works. Statosis is reduced public so finally I said that is enough to to sell supplement then I said I talked to myself I will be 70 years old in six months I said that I'm not finished yet I wanted to do the 12 months 12 months by the time you recruit the whole thing will be two and a half three years You see what I mean? They're not like mouse or rat. You just collect 100 and you have, it doesn't happen (laughs) like this. You have to select it. So by the time you have the first one to the last one, and even though your study is one year, the whole thing will look more like two and a half, three years. We did that. And here I am here to report that in a 12-month study, they also did a collection at six months. So that I wanted to see if the six-month study was similar to or different from the earlier six-month study that was published. It was a completed study, so this is an independent study. Everything matches. So in the 12-month study, I did this. I deliberately compare with alpha-tocopherol. Remember, I asked people not to Mm -hmm. take. Why did I compare with alpha-tocopherol? Because about 15 years ago, it was published that alpha-tocopherol reduced some degree of inflammation and lowers some of the liver enzyme. But it was not the best, but it did that. So I just said, okay, since it did that, I need to compare it with it. So I have that baseline to compare. So I compare that. And then as well, I asked the doctor, Now, I not only want the health professional practitioner and the internist to buy in on it, I need the specialist to buy in on it. This is no uh, talking bad about anybody because if the specialist don't buy in on it, they're not going to recommend it. So how do I do that? So I said that you either have biopsies. He said, Dr. Tan, I don't think I can do biopsies because the institutional review board won't allow that. So then I said, okay, can you have a CAT scan? So they have a CAT scan and the scan can show if they are fatty deposit and they can see scarring tissue because if the fat continue to be there, the cetosis will form scarring tissue. At 12 months, the scarring tissue reduced. As well as the reduced, like that. So, we reported this and published this. And you know, supporting me is my science and product director, Andreas. And noticed something in the three months. She noticed something in the six months. And she told me about it. So, and I am not comfortable in making that sentence yet, but it's good that she had an eye on this. this let me see what happens in 12 months. So we saw that. Again, it happened in 12 months. I'll tell you what it is. We didn't expect this, but we saw that at three months, six months, and 12 months of patients with fatty liver disease taking tocotrienol without tocopherol, they consistently lost weight. The reason I was scared about doing this because I was afraid people is going to think that the tocotriner is a weight loss product. We didn't have number in two weeks or four weeks. Our first set of number is six, is three months. So therefore, she encouraged me, then say what the study says, that he said that at three, six, and 12 months, they lost weight. And then other people said, well, Dr. Tan, do you know something about this? Most people that have two weeks and four-week weight loss, The weight gain back again, three to six months later. But you had data at three, six, and 12 months. They've sustained weight loss, even though you didn't have early. So now my conclusion, I'm comfortable to say that now after I can do that. So pretty much I think the metabolites in the body is so out of kilter. It causes them to have inflammation, their weight gain. And when the metabolic syndrome is back into balance, and therefore, as a consequence of that, the weight loss. So I like to say it like this. But anyway, whether it's this way or that way, what is there not to lie? I'm really grateful to see. This is from a humble plant, from this beautiful plant. And by the way, it is from, the, you see that? I have a print, that frog. Is about the size of a dime. Oh my And gosh. that seed is about the size of a grapefruit, grape seed. So the frog is very small. And this Amazonian tree frog is resting there. All this to say that this is actually a true Amazonian plant. And then, to say yes, I did discover this, but no, I'm not a medicine man. I just happen to be in the right place. Look at me; I can't speak a word of Spanish. I'm a scrawny Asian guy. If I'm there, I probably will be bitten to death by mosquito or snake. If I go to Amazon and trying to do this. I think that some and there are 50 million chemicals that plant makes. I think that somebody see it kindly to let me ask the right question. And then now my duty is, since I discovered this, I have the responsibility to find out what this can do. And I find that now I found out this tocotrienol, free of tocopherol, no chance for interference by free, of, no chance of interference by tocopherol, can help people in chronic condition, like examples I gave to you. Typically, they work. On a low dose of hundred fifty ish milligram, depending on the person's weight, to people have mild chronic condition, two hundred to three four hundred milligram, to severe a uh, chronic condition, maybe four to six hundred milligram. Like those fatty liver, like that. What is there not to like? So I gave you the whole scoop, and you can also find tocotrienol from palm. See in the bottom here? Oh, palm, yeah. Palm, yes, like that. But we try not to go on palm. Look at the palm. Huge, bigger. 200 milligram is about three times the size of the 300 milligram. So when we make the... To- By the way, we are the only company in US making plant-based tocotrienol right here in Massachusetts, like that. And then sometimes I like the joke like that. I'm an immigrant although I have been in this country now for uh, nearly 45 years like that, I have many opportunity for people to ask me, why don't you come to make it in Asia, this and other places, you can make this cheaper. I said, no, this country have given me a lot of good things. I came here as a University of Massachusetts professor I'm going to make it here. Yes, it's a little bit pricier. I would move it in the cheapest way that I can to deliver the health because I'm blessed by this country. I'm blessed by the jungle who gave me this plant, so I can do something. I don't have to make extra amount of money. I just, and then by the way, the FDA come to approve our facility. It's squeaky clean like that. We don't use chemical. We don't use solvent. We just only use physical method to do this. And now, if you were to do this, there are many vitamin E out there. So when, when you buy from different company, we don't make finished product. Companies buy from us. Make sure when you look at the bottle, they have the word. Delta Gold, because the key toco trino is called Delta Toco trino. We just call it Delta Gold. There's a trade name. If it has a trade name there, that means it's made by us here. So that's my only pitch I want to say. Otherwise, I just hate that people would get it, and it's the wrong thing. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: And it truly is gold. I mean, this has been a gold mine of information that you have talked about. You did mention earlier you are not the finished product, but you do have a list on your website of finished products of people have their multivitamin turned over or are been looking for a vitamin E of where they can look, correct?
1: Yes. If you lost any connection, I'm hoping that you can put the... So the company is called American River Nutrition. Is it like, or if you put my name, Barry Tan. Barry is spelled B-A-R-R-I-E. A little bit affectatious earlier on rather than B-A-R-R-Y. Because at the time I was a student and the leader of the group that did the Saturday night uh, fever <laughs> Barry Gibbs of uh, the BGS, and his name was spelled B A R R I E. So I took the name Never Change. So if you just type my name Barry Tan T A N, you'll probably lead you there. Or simply type American River Nutrition, and when you got in, you say buying Toco Trieno, you would expect that they'll buy directly from us. We don't sell finished product, and then we'll list all the companies you buy from. For a very good health professional company designed for health. They are premier in this. For Amazon, there are many. I'll just name two or three. One of them would be called, they will say something like Anato E, Anato Toco or Unique E Toco Trienol. You will see this, but they will say Delta Gold. If they don't, then they did not come from us like that. So that would be we are the one that did this. Oh, by the way, we are the only company who make toco trieno avanato that have grass. G R A S. Grass GRAS is a certification given by the FDA. We simply recognize as generally recognized as safe we went to the umpteen degree to make sure so that my wife and I are proud to take the supplement itself. So there you have it, you know, so you can get it and then you can download all the clinical study. But as of two years ago, I put all of this in this book here that you can download. The newer studies, I had one or two of the study. The first one study of the three studies on fatty liver. The other two, if you download on our website, then you can have the whole spiel because published study are organic as we do what we put on like that. So there you have it. I
0: love it. And for those who are just listening to the audio, his book is The Truth About Vitamin E. And again, and we will have this in the show notes at his site, com slash book. And you can download it there. And we haven't even, I'm going to have to have you on again because we didn't even get into the things like the GG, which is like a teaser when I have you back for a second (laughs) time as we go into things like vitamin K and CoQ10. So Dr. Tan, thank you so much for being on the Root Cause Medicine podcast today. This has been so eye-opening, so many clinical pearls, so much people, even myself, didn't know about vitamin E. And you're making a world of difference in chronic disease. And I just thank you.
1: Thank you so much. And just allow me one minute, because you mentioned GG for the next time coming. Please. GG is a compound called gyroneogyrinol. So I just recognized the GG. By the way, you can download the paper on my website also. Then when I went online, oh, a lot of girls have that name, GG, <laughs> but it's spelled G-I-G-I. This is just the two letter G like that, GG. And GG is a compound our body makes. That itself is already in the holy of holy. So the moment I say that this is a compound our body makes, then you instantly wonder, why does our body make GG like that? Our body makes GG for three reasons that I know. One is for the synthesis of CoQ10. I'm sure you interview other people, CoQ10, they give energy. The GG is required in our body for making manuquinone for strong bone. See, you got to interview me back in because... (laughs) I K is hot, you know, yeah. and GG is important for the synthesis of skeletal muscle protein. As we grow older, we lose muscle mass called sarcopenia like that. And you know something? And you know how I found it? I was, how I might not be blessed. I extract from this plant here. Same thing. I remove the color. I take my toco tocotrienol out. I always have one or 2% yellowish looking thing in the bottom. And then I was so concentrated on toco tocotrienol. Eventually, I said, I'm a chemist. I got to figure out what the thing is. And then when I discovered it was GG, I said, oh, what is this compound there to do for? Then, so that's it. Um, it's also from anato. Now I'm going to sag way back to show you something. This is on the background there. That is a huge albatross structure of CoQ10. In the front is the structure of GG. So now if I push the GG GG bell like that, so two and a half times the length of the tail of GG is CoQ10 you have to interview me again. I will. I will. explain step by step how GG is used in the human body to make CoQ10. Now, everybody take CoQ10 for strong heart and antioxidant, but most people do not know. GG is what the body used to make CoQ10. And then I just found this from the same plant. So if you go, if until you get a chance to interview me again, please just go online on the same website. You can download the paper so you can have a sneak preview and read about this. So thank you so much for allowing me for the last minute or two to talk about Gigi. So blessing to all of you who hear this. Hopefully we can run into each other again, and then you can pin me down and ask me questions.
0: Absolutely, we will. Well, thank you so much. On behalf of the Root Cause Medicine Podcast, this has been the absolute best. Oh my goodness. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I have one quick favor to ask before you go. If you love today's conversation, would you mind leaving us a review on whatever podcast platform you're listening on right now? My whole goal is education. So positive reviews are actually the number one thing that help new people discover the show. You're amazing. I so appreciate it. And I'll catch you on the next episode.